This podcast is brought to you by JBL.com. Now, our friends at JBL understand the power of tuning in to the real you. From true wireless headphones to pulsing party boxes, you can dare to vibe your way with the wide and colorful range of JBL products. Catch your favorite podcasts like this one, Unfiltered, the JBL podcast, on the go. Play your music whenever, wherever, and live in the moment, your moment. Be unfiltered at JBL.com. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to Unfiltered, the JBL podcast, an iHeartRadio production in partnership with JBL. I'm your host, Betty Hu. I'm so glad to have you here with me on this journey. I've gotten to talk to so many amazing people, and I really leave these conversations so inspired. So I hope you are too. I feel like I've spoken to some incredible young people, and today's conversation is absolutely no exception. Our guest today is not just an impressive athlete, but she is also a literal Olympian. I am joined by Alona Ma, a professional rugby player who is unapologetic on and off the pitch. It's deeper than win or lose though. Rugby helped Alona find the confidence in herself and her game. Spreading her love for rugby, Alona documents the behind the scenes of her life as an elite athlete with her almost 1 million TikTok followers. Undeniably, Alona is a big personality and a powerhouse athlete. So why don't we get right into it? So I'm so glad you're here. I have (laughs) so many questions for you, obviously. Um, But the first thing I want to kind of start with is obviously it's I'm Australian, so I know all about rugby, but it's not a particularly American like cultured sport. So I want to know like how you found it or maybe how it found you. I know you played a bunch of different sports in high school. Like tell me a little bit about how it all got started for you. Yeah, well, my dad's actually a rugby guy. He's been playing like rugby for 30 years, but he always encouraged us to play so many other sports. So, you know, whether softball, basketball, field hockey, we just played all these sports because he saw the benefits of playing sports, especially in girls and being in these team activities. So I played a lot of sports and I think I was just kind of made to be an athlete, honestly, whether it's genetics or whatnot. You know, sports was my social life. It was my club. And whatever sport I was in, that was my friend group. I didn't, you know, I didn't, wasn't cool, didn't really go to parties or anything like that, but I went to basketball games. And then I tried out rugby and it like literally fit my body like a glove because it was just an amazing mix of physicality that we don't see in a lot of women's games. And it's the same as men, which, you know, it's like men and women are the same. And in other countries, rugby is the shit, you know? In Australia, it's the coolest thing. It's the biggest. Yeah, it's literally massive. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the Australian women's team just won the World Cup in sevens. And they've done all these other things. And the thing that what they're doing for the sport is so impressive. And so, but they grew up playing rugby and I didn't. So I just, we all have a different way of thinking about it. So I love rugby and I think it can really, it helps, it has helped me in my life. And I think it helps so many other people as well. Yeah. I really appreciate that your dad was really like, girls are boys. Like my kids are going to be athletes. It's like, this is a part of my lifestyle and the thing that I love. Like how much did you find when you were growing up? Like how unusual was your sort of your family life and the choices that your parents made to sort of support that side of you? Yeah. I don't think it was unusual that the girls are playing sports. It was unusual in the way that he wanted us to be the best in sports. He always tells the story of like how I was pitching at a softball game once and I was pitching hard and a dad on the other team, you know, yelled at me to slow my pitches down because I was pitching it too fast and none of the girls could hit it. And my dad was like, no, this is a fast pitch league. We're going to pitch fast. This is what we're supposed to do. Because I think a lot of times dads and men 
almost tone it down for their daughters. They automatically like, oh, well, it's my daughter. So Mm. she doesn't have to hit it as hard. She doesn't have to pitch it as fast. She doesn't have to run as fast. But my sons better be the strongest, the fastest out there. It didn't matter if it was a girl or boy coming out. Like my dad was, we're going to be the best in what we do. And so the big thing I think I took away is like never tone it down. Like him and my mom are just like, if you're going to do something, be the best at it and pitch it as fast as you can, throw it as hard as you can, run as fast as you can. Uh, And I think that's kind of what has led me to be the athlete that I am today by having that confidence from your parents to be your best. Yeah, that's so amazing. How much do you like, because rugby is like a very physical sport. Yeah. Do you have like a recollection of the first time you're like on the field and you're starting to like get more into it and be like, oh, this feels good. Like, what does that feel like in your body? I think if from even all the other sports I played, I my feel like you coach that would joke that, you know, whenever I was on the field, I would go through people to get the ball instead of around them. On basketball, I was always a power center and I would power through people. So it was always something I was wanted to do, but like never fully encouraged to do in the sports I was playing kind of, maybe in basketball for sure. I see. But it just is like so cool to go out there and to be like truly praised and applauded for my size and like find a place where your size is like, oh, we want this. Because, I mean, I feel like you feel the soccer field, I'm very big. And I'm like, oh, well, you want to be probably thinner, move well. And whereas on rugby field, it's like they saw me and they were like, this is amazing. Yes. It's exactly what I want. And I think that's what's helped me as well to grow into my confidence and the person I am is like finding a place that's really accepted me and being like, oh, no, you're perfect. You're perfect the way you are. We want you on the field, you know, and to find that has like helped me tremendously. And to translate my speed and power into something on the field is like, just what I live for now. Genuinely sounds like rugby found you in that way, where you're like, you come into this world where you're all of a sudden like, the things that you've been insecure about your entire life are all of a sudden the whole reason and purpose that you're good at this thing. Like that must've felt so freeing and validating. Oh, it for sure does. And I think one thing that really helped was like, I got into my a couple rugby teams, but then once I got into the USA team and some of my teammates on the USA team were like so cool and just the way that they view themselves. It is wild to be around other confident women. He's like, it kind of rubs off on you in a way. Yeah, I love that. It's empowering. And so like my teammates on USA were like, a lot of them are big like me. And it was like cool to see this and be like, oh man, they're they're big like me. Like I feel like I have a place to see me in them as well. And you want to find your own confidence, but it's hard. And I think there is something to be said about somebody who has found their confidence helping you in your way so that you can find your confidence and then help somebody mm-hmm. else. I think it's kind of, it can be affected. And that's like something that I want to do as well because having my teammates has helped me. And so I hope that I can now help others because of what they've you know done for me and what my mom's done for me and my sisters, so... I love to hear. It's also so perfect. Again, I love you're the perfect guest for the show because the entire point of the show is to talk about like being yourself and trying to find how to live into the best parts of yourself and the person you were born to be. So it's so beautiful that you found this community. Like, I think that's so special and awesome. And it sounds like you've really found, I mean, I think what so many people spend their literal entire lives searching for Sometimes I feel overwhelmed by responsibility. Like you say, it's really important to you to like show, you know, you've seen how women can make you feel about yourself. And now you want to like try and kind of perpetuate that cycle of like showing little girls that they can be strong and different and all these things. Like, Mm -hmm. do you ever feel pressure for that? Like for me, I'll have a bad day, right? And then I go have to show up somewhere and I'm like, it's really hard for me to be perceived right now. Like I'm having a tough time and I want to show up for you and be the person you want me to be. Like, do you deal with pressure in that same way? I think one thing I deal with is like this idea of role model. Like everyone's like, oh, you're a role model. And I'm like, 
Ah, because it's a scary title because I think with role model, they attach so many things. Like people think role models as perfect. They do all the best things. They say all the best things. They don't do anything wrong. So like that worries me because like yeah. I hear like young girls who follow me and I'm like, I love aspiring young girls, but like I am also a 26-year-old woman yeah, who has all sorts of things going on in her life. So like I'm a role model in some senses. I'm a role model in that I've worked very hard. I've been to school. I got my master's. I'm a hard worker on the field. But then I'm not really role model in that. I also like to get drunk and have fun. Yeah. Well, by the way, that's fine. Like that shouldn't disqualify you from being a role model. You're being yourself and enjoying yourself. And I think that's maybe what's hard sometimes when you're put into this position of like, you feel like you have to be actually really perfect for people to follow an example. And it's like, no, I think maybe the reason you were you blew up on TikTok is because you're being yourself. Yeah. It's not because you're trying to be a version of yourself. That's the role model that cuts out all the bad stuff so that people don't see it. It's yeah. like, no, this is just who I am. Like, here I am. No, for sure. And I think that's why, like, oh, yeah, I th- I'm a role model in some ways, but also I am a human being. And I make all these mistakes. So, like, that sometimes feels the pressure, but, like, it's really just me being me. And I think people can genuinely see that at times. Have you ever gotten it where people call you say you're unapologetically yourself? Do people ever say that to you? Yes, all the time. I'm like, what does that mean? <laughs> we're living. We're being unapologetic. We're being authentic, sister. That's what we're here to do. <laughs> I'm like, what are all of you doing then? <sighs> I think that's a crazy observation you've just made, though, because so many people cannot be themselves. And they have a built-in apology. I've met people who walk into a room and they say, hi, this is my name. And when they tell you their name, you're like, are you sure? Why do I feel like you're apologizing to me for you existing? Like, yeah, that sounds great. Like, cool for you. You know, I think it is much more common than I wish it was where I meet people who feel so, um, whether it's that they've been made to feel shame by other people or by society or by their community, where they just feel like they are looking for an outlet. They're looking for representation, looking for someone to reflect themselves back to them so they feel like they then have permission to be themselves, which I think is the thing that you're ultimately doing is no one gave you permission. You gave yourself permission. And no one will, no one ever gives anybody permission. You know what I mean? It's like people wait around their whole lives to be like, when is someone going to tell me that I can be amazing? It's like, no one is ever going to do that for you. You just got to do it. So you're already doing that for yourself. And I think that people probably really react to that because they're like, you are all of these things, Mm. right? You're not just this one-dimensional fake role model person who's like, this is, you know, I'm so perfect. You should follow me into the dark. You're like, here I am, take it or leave it. Like, you know, cool vibe. Yeah. And people who feel like they don't have the space or ability to just be like, this is who I am world. Suck it. Like must be so inspired and like shook by the fact that there are people out there who really can. Yeah. It's always interesting. All these people say it to me and like, to me, I'm like, is that, I almost feel like it's a bad thing. Like I go like, I know what you mean though. You know, you, cause it, everyone says it and you're like, what? I have met in my life so many people who have so much self, uh, they are insecure about parts of themselves or have, they hold hate inside themselves about themselves. And so when they see other people not holding that hate and going, I love myself, like you don't have to like me. I love me. I think it sometimes can be really confrontational Mm. in a good way when you're like, cool, there are people who need to see this, but then for people who don't like to see it because they have so much hate in their heart about themselves, I think it's really painful to look out and into the world and see other people being themselves and and not hating themselves, you know, and not carrying around all this shame. 
Yeah. And I think one thing that's really helped me, it was kind of the realization where I was just like taking a look around and I was like, okay, wait a second. Everyone who I think is just the bee's knees, who's like beautiful, skinny, perfect, is actually also very insecure. Oh my God. Always. Like everybody. And that is what really helped me. I was like, okay, men who I thought were the coolest, like they know how to talk, they're confident. I was like, actually, they're insecure. Mm. So I think it's kind of a cool thing. Okay, well, so I'm insecure. We're all insecure. So let's just be insecure. Yes. But like, let's be ourselves because I think like we just are so afraid of being a kid, but we don't realize that everybody's afraid of being that. Yeah. So if we can just see one person actually being themselves, again, the effect of like helping others... It's like a domino effect, right? You yes. like you push it over and then all of a sudden everybody else is like, wait, can I do mm-hmm. that too? And you're like, yes, join me. Ladies, join come, us. Come down, yeah. please come. <laughs> More on Unfiltered, the JBL podcast after a quick break. What's up, you guys? It's your girl, Betty Who here. And you know this about me. It has always been very important to me to stand out and be authentically me, not only with my music, but my style and my vibe. And JBL really gets that. They know your headphones and speakers should look as original as the music you're listening to, or in my case, making. That's why I'm obsessed with my JBL headphones and speakers that help me reflect who I really am. From true wireless headphones to pulsing party boxes. Oh yeah, party boxes, guys. JBL has a wide and colorful range of products that help me feel myself when I want to vibe my way. I literally record this entire podcast on my favorite JBL headphones. They are absolutely incredible. So JBL wants us all to listen on our terms. Living in the moment. Our moment. Unfiltered, the JBL podcast at JBL.com. And now back to the show. I do want to know what's the like pre-game ritual, locker room vibe. I want to know like, is it music? Like what's your, how are you in the zone? Paint a picture with your words. Take me on a journey. Yes. I like to think of myself as the hype woman. I think of myself as the hype woman, Alona. Of course. This is sick, but we can't go to a wedding together. We have big wedding energy. Do you know what I mean? Big wedding energy. I'm always on aux too. I stay getting into fights with wedding DJs. Because <laughs> I'm like, I know what these people need. We need to have a conversation about it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> we need some early 2000s. hundred percent. Please. Please play Beyonce. Thank you so much. Yeah. Yeah. I like to get hype. I like to think I'm kind of a mood setter for the team. And I think a lot of my teammates would agree on that. One thing I don't do is I don't really have any superstitions like, oh, I have to eat a bagel with cream cheese. Or like wear the same pair of socks or something. Yes. I just think like if I am banking my play on a pair of socks, that's not that's not it. It's not a pair of socks. What I eat is going to change. So I try to not have any superstitions like that. I love that. I could eat whatever I want the day of. I could do this. I could wear that. Whatever. So that's like main thing. So that's like what I try to get out of my head. Uh, on game days, I always, before a game, will write in my notebook. I write everything, all these things I want to do. And then at the end of it, I'm like, just do your job. If you can just do your job, you'll be fine out there. And then I lead us out into the tunnel. That's something I really love to do. And then I like to just set the vibes very uplifting because there's some people on my team who just like to sit. They don't say a word. They just put their headphones on. And so like I let them do their thing. But there's some people who want another person to hype them up and play the song. So I'm like, 
constantly on my phone like what what do we need yeah what t-pain song do they want to hear now you know uh, and then i just go out there and it's a very short game 14 minute game so you just got to be on doing your job for 14 minutes and then you come out and you you gotta relax you gotta chill do you feel like i feel this sometimes too when i'm because if i'm in a good space right and i'm like cool i'm gonna be the one i'll carry this entire fucking team if i need to like i can have that energy as well on days where you don't have that when you're like maybe heading out to do a game and you're like not feeling like the 25 out of 10 Alona is ready to like take responsibility for the whole team. Do you find that you still can like flip a switch and be there for other people and it kind of takes you out of it? Or or do you find that you're sort of like, I'm actually going to take a back seat? Like how do you show up for not only yourself, but your team in this role when you're like not having your best day? I will say, I think I take a back seat at times just because I feel emotions very outwardly, I would say. Like, if I'm sad, I'll show it outwardly. If I'm angry, I'll show it. And, like, that's something I want to get better at. Like, if I've had a bad game before, I might even show it before the pregame and I'll be, like, changing up. So, like, that's even something I need to work on. But, like, there have been times when I do take a back seat. But what I'm trying to get better at, and it's a constantly getting better, is, like, okay, flush it. That's happened in the past. You need to bring it up whichever way it is. But I am somebody who feels things very deeply and I'll show it very deeply. So if I'm not feeling it, I can't fake things. I can't fake how I'm feeling. I think it's definitely hard and I don't think I'm that good at it. I think I want to get better at it. So it's like, it's very hard for me at at times to take a backseat because like I can take a backseat and somebody else can be on oxygen trying to pump everyone, but I don't know if they'll fully pump me up. I think it's really, I'm the one who gets myself psyched. Mm. I'm the one who does all this. And that's something, you know, I got to work with and I got to be able to, okay, you know what, you're down. Like you're sad about losing. You're sad about how you played. Like you hear those emotions, you know it, but what's the action that you're going to take to fix that? Because we can have all the bad thoughts in the world, but it's like, what are we going to do about it action-wise? Yeah. And how much like, you know, you said like, cool, if we're winning, obviously I'm buying shots. Like it's a different, of course we're going for it. But like, how much does winning really mean to you? Is the competition like a huge part of what drives you? Or is it just about the time you're on the field and, and the life and the community? Winning drives me because winning means funding for my team. And winning means that we can continue doing what we want to do. I would love to be just playing rugby. Doesn't even care if I win or lose, if we could still keep playing rugby. But winning means that other young girls can come in and have this. Other young girls can be professional athletes one day, professional rugby players one day. So winning means so much more to me. And I think I for sure understand that because like for me, I've taken on this role of trying to grow rugby in the U.S., trying to grow rugby, get other girls into it. So like winning is deeper to me. When we didn't win the World Cup, we didn't medal in the World Cup. Like that was deeper because like I want us to win to get this funding so that we can continue having this program, continue to get girls in. So it's deeper for me than just win or lose. Yeah, which I think makes it more meaningful than when you do win because you're like, you're fighting for something more. Maybe that's like something that is really meaningful as far as in sports, in competition. Like if it was all just, you know, actually just a big game, it's like in the end, you're like, it's a game. Really, like, yes, you have to want to play for something more. It sounds like I think your motivations are so strong because it's about servicing other young women. You know, it's about providing space and community for this thing that you love so much and and is growing and you want to help grow it. So that's incredible. Yeah, it's a game. But like, to me, it's so much more. And it's my life. It's my passion. So, yeah, it's okay if you win or lose. No, I want to win. I want to win because it means a lot. Hell yeah, it does. Okay, so... Pre-warm-up, you're on the ox. 
What's your favorite music? You know, I care. Music. That's my thing. What's your vibe before a game? Let me look at my quick tourney playlist. Hold on. Oh, yeah. Tourney playlist. I want the tourney playlist. I'm going to make you text it to me. Okay, okay. Well, I personally love old some old songs, you know? I'm an oldies gal. Yes. Nothing will get me more hyped than that, to be honest. I got on here. How will I know Whitney Houston? Excellent. Excellent choice. Why? I don't know. <laughs> Waiting for tonight, Jennifer Lopez. I love Jennifer Lopez. I love Jennifer Lopez. I love her with all my heart. Alona, should we go to a J-Lo concert? Yeah. Have you been to a J-Lo concert? I haven't, but she liked my post recently. No, but if you're listening, you can't see us. But we are silent because we are speechless because J-Lo liked your post. What was the post? Well, in the Olympics, I said she was like my number one. And so she started like following me and like, I've never been happier in my life. I think she's so talented. I'm squealing for you. Everything she does. J-Lo melted my face off when I saw her live. A performer, an actress. A singer. She literally fucking does it all. A dancer. A dancer. A mom. A entrepreneur. Yes, you know, she what is. doesn't she do? Mm. But yeah, I, if there is a JLo concert coming up, let's do it. Okay, I'm putting this in our cal. Okay. Perfect. I got fire burning, Sean Kingston. Hot in here, Nelly. That always gets me hyped. Hot in here, I feel I can see the team getting really jacked. Hot in here is a team song. Yes, yeah. it really is. Let's get loud again, JLo. Nice. Let's get loud is a good one. Yeah. Um, what do I got? I got Promiscuous. Oh, damn. I have the thong song on here. I don't really know why. Fuck yes. I know why. That song goes. Um, this is how we do it. Nice. Work it. Missy Elliott. Push it. Okay, I'm gonna need this playlist. This is a good playlist. Okay. This is a hype. This is hype. I'll send it to you. I'm gonna need it's it. It's really just like whatever I want to listen to. And then I have a teammate who only likes listening to Drake. So like after I've gotten in all of my hits, she's like, hey, um, can we turn on any Drake song? I'm like, yeah. Okay, Literally fine. any Drake song. Cool. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I get it. I get it. But uh, I do take pride in being the vibe master. It's a tough job, but I do it. You sound like you were born for it. I think this is something we share. I like to be a vibe master as well. I do. I love this energy mm-hmm. in us. Yeah. I had a dream that if music failed me, I would start a business where I became like basically vibe master of weddings because I love weddings. I love love. <gasps> yeah, I love yeah, yeah. it's like the best day of everybody's life. And it's just like I love bringing the energy at a wedding. Any wedding I go to, like I get the dance floor going. You know what I mean? It's mm-hmm, like very, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I think we share this energy. Yeah, I, 100%. You saw me at the League of Their Own premiere. You saw me tearing up that dance floor. I saw you. I was like, there wasn't even a dance floor, folks. It was just a a patch of like artificial grass. Right in front of the DJ. But Betty made it a dance floor. She (laughs) she made it there with like one other, one other person. It was just. My best friend Sarah and I were like, this is going to be, this is our night. We're dancing tonight. Everybody else was like mingling and being professional. And I was like sweating and like burning a thousand calories on the dance floor. Yes. Do it my thing. Oh, I love that. I need to do that more as well. And I think, again, people just want somebody to get it started. Somebody who will get out there and do it. Yeah. Okay, the thing that I really want to know, honestly, is what is like the thing that you could say is one of the, the number one things that helped you find the contentment in who you are, the ability to be that sort of like, this is who I am, I'm really comfortable, like, and to be 26 and already be like so authentic and, and know yourself so well, like, how did you get there? How did you find this place that you're in right now? I think it's been a combo of things for sure. The rugby, like I've kind of all the things I was saying, like the rugby, just being so accepting of you as a person, as your body type, as a person, my family, for sure. Like I have such amazing sports as my two sisters, my mom, my dad, you know, being who I am here. And then my team environment as well for my USA team has really helped me out. And I think the number one thing is just realizing like, Everyone is so unique and so different. And this world would be such a boring place if we were all the same. And 
I want other people to feel so confident to be themselves. So even if that means I have to, I have so many awkward situations I get in. I say weird stuff. I do the wrong things, but out here being silly geese. Oh, just, just a silly goose sometimes. (laughs) Quirky, quirky, you might call it. But like, to me, everyone is insecure and uncomfortable sometimes. And like, I am so much, but I'm like, fuck it. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to be that way, but I'm going to be myself in that way. And I'm going to own up that I'm loud and I say weird stuff sometimes. And I love to do this and I love to watch this. So that's what's really helped me is to like take a look around and see that everyone is on the same boat. And like, if someone can just take a step out, I think it helps a lot because I've seen people who did that and how it's helped me. And I know I can help others. That's my last question for you is like a piece of advice for people who are trying to find themselves and live into themselves a little bit more comfortably, like let go of any shame and fear about being themselves. Like what is your advice, especially the young woman? Cause it sounds like that's who you're really trying to affect and, and create a safer space for in the world. Yeah. I think like really understand how perfect you are and how everything that you are is like exactly how it's supposed to be because we're all different. We're all unique. And again, I see this all the time. It would be so boring if you're all the same. It would be so, so boring. And yeah, a lot of people aren't going to like you. That's something I'm really trying to figure out because I want everybody to like me. I would love it if I was everyone's favorite person. (laughs) But that's not the case. And that's just not going to happen because I don't like everybody. So why am I going to expect everyone (laughs) to like me? Totally. Yeah, that's a good point. So not everyone's going to like you. But again, you're not for everybody. And really just yourself and the freeness that you can feel when you start just appreciating the little things about yourself and like appreciating what your body can do for you. That's the main thing I say is like, you're not going to love your body all the time. But if you can appreciate what it does for you, like, okay, well, it still wakes me up in the morning. It still takes me on walks. It still plays rugby for me. So I don't know. I mean, it's so freeing and everyone wants to be themselves. That's the thing. Everyone would love to be unapologetically themselves. So if you can just step out and be yourself, yeah, not a lot of people are going to vibe with it, but you've stepped out and you've done something so many people couldn't do. Well, and the people who do vibe, like sure, some people might not. Yeah. But the people who do see you and vibe with you in your truest self are going to feel 10 times more seen, 10 times more represented, 10 times more connected to you, which is like, especially for someone like you who really just values community. And, and, you know, your favorite part about rugby is like the people you get to meet along the way. It's like, that is so important. And I think such a statement to live by. So I'm so inspired and grateful for your time. I could literally, let's go to JLo. Okay. All right. You let me know. Ow, ow, my arm. You're twisting it. Fine. (laughs) I guess I'll be there. I can't wait. Thank you so much for being yourself. Well, thank you. I want to thank Alona Ma again for joining me today. Talk about being at the top of your game. And man, oh man, do we have so many plans coming up now? I'm going to get this playlist going in the gym. We're going to go to Jennifer Lopez. You heard it here first. JLo, if you're listening. (laughs) That's it for today's episode. But join me again next week. We have a very special guest planned for our final episode. So you won't want to miss it. And don't forget to share thoughts with me on social or leave a rating and review for the podcast wherever you're listening. You can always find me on Instagram and Twitter at Betty Who and on TikTok and YouTube at Betty Who Music. Catch you next time. Unfiltered, the JBL podcast is produced by iHeartRadio in partnership with JBL. Our show is hosted by me, Betty Who. Our executive producer is Molly Sosha. Our EP of post-production is Matt Stillo. Our editor is Sierra Spreen. This episode was written and produced by Sierra Kaiser. 
Special thanks to our friends at JBL, Initiative, and Donna. 